We are SC Recruiting Podcast with Randy Taylor. Uh, Randy, you want to get right into it, talking about uh, some stuff that we saw last week. Um, in the Rancho Cucamonga Upland game, which was a fantastic high school football game, uh, Upland ended up winning there at the end. Uh, a guy that we've talked about before, uh, defensive lineman, linebacker, Justin Flo, only a sophomore right now, uh, put on one of the more impressive performances that I've seen from a sophomore in a long time. Uh, had 16 tackles, nine of them solo, three tackles for loss, one pick, one block field goal returned for a touchdown, and then two passes defended when he was lining up at linebacker. I know you've seen the kid before, Randy. What what, what do you think stands out about this young man, Justin Flo? Well, I think all of that adds up to athleticism. Uh, he is He's an athletic young guy that's ahead of most at that age. Uh, and, and, you know, he's kind of the way I felt about, uh, oh shoot, you know, he, Jeremy, Jeremiah Cradell, who was also in that game, was another guy uh-huh. that was kind of a young guy that you could see had that athleticism and, and the characteristics. And I think what Flo does is he just plays above his age. He, he is, uh, right now ahead of everybody, uh, or most. Uh, in his age group, and you know these days kids are getting bigger, stronger, faster, so much earlier. But but and and as I've mentioned before, Justin Flo is, a, is also a good kid. You know, he's a, works hard and he likes the game. And he, the coaches like him. You know, so all of that stuff leads to uh, you know having great games like that. He'll have he'll have many more, and and he's got you know D one offers. Uh, uh, already, and we'll get a lot more. So he's a he's a terrific player. And then you mentioned Cradell. What's interesting is, uh, you know, we've seen Cradell primarily on defense uh, through through the off season and last year, and um, but but this year he's lining up at receiver uh, for Rancho Cucamonga for the most part. And in this game, there were seven catches for 135 yards, two touchdowns. That's basically 20 yards per catch, and yep. uh, <laughs> was looking pretty good. If you want to look him as an offensive player, I could see why you would want to do that. Yeah, I, I, he is just another really good football player. Uh, he's been at, at receiver all year. He did a lot of it last spring as well. I think some of it has to do with the, the idea that, uh, they needed some uh, big play receivers. Uh, I don't, I don't know if Jeremiah asked if he could play receiver or not, but, uh, you know, Coach Baez and those guys out at, at Cucamonga do a nice job of using the players they have. And, They've got some pretty good DBs, and and so, uh, but I think uh, my opinion is Jeremiah will be a will be a, a really good safety, uh, can cover the slot and and even play some physical uh, corner. He's just a really good football player, and another one of those guys that was ahead of everybody else or a lot of people uh, as a youngster. So mm-hmm. uh, those both of those kids, Cradell and Flo. Uh, we'll play uh, at a high level on Saturdays, and, and then we'll see what happens after that. And, and we're going to be talking some SC quarterback recruiting here in a minute, but I want to tick with the two quarterbacks in that game. Um, Baldwin from Upland is obviously going to be a recruitable kid, um, only a junior right now. He's he, he's going to have his share of offers. But Acosta on the other side, is is this a, an example of a kid who's just a very good high school quarterback, may not be attracting the attention from the college coaches, but if you're looking at a guy to run the offense at the high school level, Nick Acosta has proven he can do that. 
Yeah, there's no question. And, and he can, he has quarterback skills and he's athletic and smart and tough and, and all those things. He'll, he's one of those guys that wherever he goes, he'll be successful. Um, he's not going to be recruited at a, at a high level. He's not, I don't think he's going to be a Pac-12 or a, even a Mountain West guy necessarily, but, uh, he could play uh, be a quarterback for a lot of teams and mm-hmm. not make mistakes and do all the things, you know, he can spin it and he does show some arm strength periodically. And so uh, Nick Acosta is one of those guys that, uh, is it Nick? Yes. Seems like I've had a, known a lot yeah. of Nick Acosta's, but uh, uh, he's one of those guys that just wins and is a really good high school football player and should be, a good college quarterback if he gets in the right right system. Okay, let's talk some SC quarterback recruiting. There was a, an update last week, a guy that uh, SC had been showing some interest in, and that was Justin Fields from the state of Georgia. And he went ahead and committed to the Georgia Bulldogs. It's not, not a huge surprise, although they certainly are loaded right now down in Athens uh, <laughs> with, with, with three quality players once he arrives. Um yeah. But they, but that bodes the question again for the Trojans. They they kick the tires on a couple local kids, Jack Tuttle down in the San Diego area, being one guy, and he certainly seems like he's sticking with his commitment to Utah. Uh, but now that Fields is out of the picture, and you have JT Daniels for 2019, just revisiting the question right now, if you're USC, how do you approach a quarterback in this class? Would you take one in this class, or would you look at possibly uh, go ahead and wait till next year with Daniels? Yeah, I'm, I'm always, uh, I, I believe in the idea of taking one at each class. I, I, I get that Daniels was coming. There's never, ever an assurance. You know, you can't assume that JT will be healthy, that he's going to be as good as everybody thinks he is. You know, uh, SC has the Sears kid, and they've got uh, uh, Matt Fink and Holden and those guys. I, I think Sears, to me, is the, I think, will be the heir apparent. And those guys are younger guys. Uh, but you really need to have depth. Uh, like, you know, you see with the, the quarterback transfer from from a year ago. And, and so you kind of always expect quarterbacks to transfer. Uh, I think you recruit that way. And, and so I think, and I know in the USC guys, they'll have a, a – group that they've maintained, a working list that they've maintained contact with, you know, mm-hmm, to either mm-hmm. to flip a commitment or to find somebody that's, that's kind of a good fit. The one thing we know about the, the Trojans is that they're not afraid to to go and, and cherry pick a kid that not everybody is has jumped up and down about, but, you know, uh, is a really good quarterback, you know, kind of like a JT Shroud out of heart or a uh, Comstock, you know, Comstock at Northview, you know, Mm -hmm. he's a little bit smaller guy, but he's a talented kid and he's athletic and all those, you know, so there's, there's guys out there. I was even thinking of, you know, you look at a guy like, uh, and and you got to convince them that, that they're going to have that opportunity and they'll know JT's coming. So you got to convince a guy like, uh, the kid Martinez from Clovis West, who's committed Mm -hmm. to Tennessee. But mm-hmm. Tennessee has two QB commits, you know. So when they were when USC had uh, uh, what's his name, uh, I'm drawing a blank, the quarterback that's at Poly. Uh, oh, Matt Corral. Yeah, Corral. You know, 
that may have pushed a Martinez or some of these other guys to other schools. Uh, you don't know the timing on all that, but but he's a guy that maybe because of the two commitments at Tennessee, Tennessee being far away, but stories like that, you know, or even a guy like Real Mitchell at uh, uh, St. John Bosco, you know, he, and if he's not going to be a great quarterback, he'll be an excellent receiver, athlete, running back, you know, and he's committed to Iowa State, and obviously they had a big win this past week. But So I think they've got a list. And they've got guys. I would always take one. Um, so I, my answer would be yes. And, and uh, I just have faith in those guys that, that they, they probably have. Uh, it's not a great position to be in, but they right. probably have a list of guys that they're they're going to work on. And, and guys we sure. may never have heard of, you know. Sure. Okay, let's ask about uh, a, a USC commit who suffered a, uh, a a pretty bad injury last week, and that's uh, Bo Calvert out at Oaks Christian. Uh, mm-hmm. It turned out to be a clean break uh, in his leg, the tibia. And so uh, Bo will be out for a while, just had his Army game ceremony, jersey ceremony last week. Uh, so a bit of a blow for that young man. But uh, kind of projecting a little bit, uh, where do you see him lining up once he arrives at SC? Well, he's kind of that perfect outside linebacker, you know, that like the Nwosu or or some of those guys that uh, have, have length. They're athletic. He's about a six three, six four ish, two hundred and ten pound kid. They'll probably get to two thirty, two forty, and just fits that edge that that three four linebacker uh, that SC does such a great job with, either pass rushing or or getting into uh, underneath coverage and setting the edge and, and those kind of things. So I think Bo fits that really well. Uh, you know, so I, I think I, I think it is all he does fits, obviously, with what FC does and play that outside linebacker. Okay. Uh, let's talk a little bit right now about uh, where you went last week. Who did you see? So I, I had a good, uh, good weekend. I went out and I saw uh, – Paloma Valley at Vista Marietta, and I've seen Paloma Valley before. I, I really – not Paloma Valley, but uh, Marietta Valley. And uh, I really liked uh, the, the kids out at Vista, the Shakir kid who hasn't committed anywhere but is a, is a fast running back type kid. Uh, Travis Plantier out at Vista is is an all-around athlete tight end. He, he fits – I don't know if you watch Northwestern, they have that kind of super back that they could play tight end, running back, every you know, do everything. And he's a good long snapper. Uh, he did well. Elisha Gidry, who's the, uh, the younger brother of the javelin Gidry, went to Utah. He's a track kid, good straight straight line speed, plays safety. And then probably a name the Trojans may have heard before. You, you've heard of a Ron Yeri, haven't you? <laughs> sure. Does that ring a bell? Well, he's got a sure son. It's called Jack, who is a 2020 tight end at Vista Marietta. And he's about 6'5 and 235 pounds and is a Division One player right now. And so that that was my biggest my – biggest, uh, I get fired up when I see that guy. So that was my, my guy that fired me up. Uh, okay, that's, that's the name Trojan fans know. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that one will stay on the stay on everybody's list, and I, I think he's a no brainer. Does he become an offensive lineman? He looks athletic enough to stay as a tight end. 
or do a lot of things. So we'll see. Um, Marietta Valley, the Marcus Spiker kid, big, versatile athlete, you know, uh, could play running or, or linebacker, wide receiver, H-backer, safety. He's a, you know, really good player. Anthony Pardue is an offensive lineman out there that every time I watch him is getting better. Uh, I don't think he's on SC's radar, but, but is a really good, uh, physical 6'4", 300 pounder. And then I, I kind of saw, I always like to bring up a sleeper. There's a, at Eurupa Hills in Fontana, there's a, a senior wide receiver, Dedrick Taylor Aikens. And uh, this kid is about 6'3", 165 pounds. And the reason I like that is because you know he's going to get bigger, stronger, and faster when he gets into college with the nutrition programs, the weightlifting and conditioning. He's got length, and he's a good student and uh, may surprise some some. Pac-12 coaches later, Mountain West, and and be playing at a Division One program. So that was that's my sleeper of the week. Okay, who's on the agenda for this week? All right, I am I am going to confirm some things. I'm going to go watch Mission Viejo play your your team, San Juan Hills, with Sean Ryan. Uh-huh. Uh Go down and watch those guys, and and just kind of check out. Uh, Mission's got some young kids that I want to see, Akil Arnold, Reese Height. Uh, the quarterback is playing well. I think he's an old San Clemente kid. And they got some other sleepers down there that I, 2018 kids, Jarrett Patterson and Chris Mitchell. So they, they're obviously talented, and they, they have all the other really good guys that I stop worrying about because they're committed and everybody knows about them. Uh, then I'm going to go see Corona Del Mar versus university and a uh-huh. uh, little upset that Dennis Rodman Jr. is not playing football anymore at the Corona Del Mar. In fact, he's not at Jay Sarah, but uh, uh, there is another Garber coming up. So good chance to see a sophomore, uh, the Garber kid. They've got a good linebacker down there. And so I'll get a chance to see some, some talent. The, hum- the, Humphrey, the Humphrey kid. Yeah. Humphreys is a good player. Yeah. He's a big, you know, uh, possible tight end kid, John Humphreys. Davion mm-hmm. Lee is a good football player, uh, yes, senior. Is. they got that linebacker, Clyde Moore, down there that's committed to Colorado. So they've got a whole bunch of, of good players uh, that are, you know, uh, kids that you want to check out to be sure, see where they've developed. And, uh, you know, they've got some sleeper guys possible too in that senior class so mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. fun to watch those guys at university okay and then uh let's get to the taylor thought of the week it's an interesting topic this week uh kind of with the early signing period and stuff and then the news yesterday with gary anderson uh at oregon state go ahead and uh tell us what's on your mind right now so the the early signing and and uh, you know it's nice to have and it's not nice for coach anderson but it's good to have uh, uh, things happen so that you can kind of use that as your topic. Uh, it sets us up, right? Uh, the thing about the early signing period that I think is going to change a lot of this, the AD's thinking in this process. And, and so instead of February being signing and most, you're, you've already fired your head coach in December or January. And, and you're looking for a new guy by signing day and all that stuff's happening, you know. With the early signing in the third week of, J- of December, ABs have to make a decision. Do you fire your guy during the season? 
for in at the end of November at Thanksgiving or early December so that kids won't sign or will sign based on the fact that they want to attend the school and not mm-hmm. are so much worried about the, the, the coach. Because so if you, if you fire the guy after December, after the early signing, and you have some kids that sign because they really like your coach, uh, it's a problem because they may decide now I want to transfer. No doubt. You know, I sign because I want to be with this coach. So I, it just adds another layer of questions of, of what an AD is. I think ADs are going to fire coaches earlier. I think you're going to see, just my opinion, I, as an mm-hmm. AD, I would want to have that done uh, so that so that everybody knows it. I don't have to worry about losing a scholarship kid after that. And and so that that would that's kind of where I sit on that. And I I really believe that that uh, kids should pick the school first. I mean, I know you're going to want to know the coaches. You're going to want to all those great things. But if if, a, if an athlete picks the school. Because coaches come and go, right? They get, they take another job, they get fired, they do all those different things. They should, they need to pick the school first and foremost. And, and then if something happens, you know you're in the right place anyway. So that that's kind of my my uh, uh, soapbox for the week. And and I think it'll be interesting to see how that happens. Have you put much thought into that? I, I I hadn't to the particular element that you're bringing up today. We had obviously thought about that being one of the flaws of the early signing period. What happens if a kid signs and then you know early January, late December is a common time mm-hmm. for coaches to make transitions. You bring up a good point. More and more schools could look to do this. I think it's very valid what you're saying. Um, and so the point you made, what kind of twist does that put on things? I don't know. But I don't think we know a lot about this early signing period and how it's going to impact things. <laughs> These are a lot of big unknowns. But, but you raise a very good thing. And the Oregon State one is a perfect example. That program was struggling, not off to a good start. Yeah. You can understand the merit from the athletic department. And it's something like Gary Anderson, as much as a coach could. Yeah, everyone, they're always saying a mute, this was a mutual decision between the two. Sounds like it was. Gary Anderson yeah. saying, hey, this isn't working. So why don't yeah, we do I think you have guys in this business who get it, you know. I mean, some guys are going to just fight and battle and, and keep the job until they, they can anymore, and others kind of can see the writing on the wall. And they also can see that, look, I'm not, you know, he's had some success at other places, obviously, sure. but he, he sees that, you know, this isn't working. And instead of beating his head against a brick wall, he he's makes a decision. The guys that get hurt the most are the assistants. Right. They don't have the multi-year contracts and, and all the other stuff. And I'm sure he's had long conversations. And they've got good coaches up there and good pe- per, you know personnel people up there. So hopefully they'll all find jobs or get to stay or, or do whatever. Right. Whatever well, we we, we did, we did see business. them on Saturday. And, and frankly, they yeah, that wasn't a very uh, competitive football team. Um, no. No, for, for Oregon State, and that's um, okay. So the decision was made. Well, like you say, it's yeah. an interesting, uh, interesting topic to uh, add to the mix. All right. Well, uh, we will talk next week, and I will have seen the modern day Bosco game. I'll be on the sidelines for that one. So, very much looking forward to that uh, to that game, and a lot of good stuff to talk about. You know what's amazing? You have one of the best jobs in America, and uh, and 
and you're also a good guy. So that that, uh, that I, that's good how that works out. So I, I want to uh, uh, congratulate you on your success and and thank you again for letting me be a part of it. Oh sure, Randy. That's a, the, the, this one is going to be a fun one. There's a boy. You talk about a lot of football players on one field at one time, and uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. So we'll touch base next week for Randy Taylor. Nope. This is Gary Pasquitz. You're listening to the We Are SC podcast. <laughs>